All right, all right, all right. We're back again with another episode of Off the Ball with Wallen and Lucas and Lucas and Wallen and Wallen and Lucas again. What up, what up, what up? It's been a while, but it's for good reason. Been waiting for the football, for the football to be back. That's what we was waiting for. And it's back. The NFL is back. And it's it's back with a vengeance. Uh, all the games are looking fantastic. Uh, we are... We are uh, mid-episode, well, not mid-episode, we're launching this episode uh, towards the back end of the Saints in uh, Tampa Bay game. So, looking real good. Well, not looking real good for Lucas, because I'm <laughs> kind of handing it to him in fantasy today here. Um, Alvin Kamara, he's hoping he gets his touchdown, but it's under review, and it's probably not going to happen. So, it's okay, Lucas. Maybe maybe next time. I'm crying. I can, I can feel it. But... Football is back, and uh, there's probably other reasons for you to cry. Uh, yeah, speaking of tears. Yes, uh, you boys, the the team in blue in the mitten. The Honolulu blue. Yeah, the Detroit one and only. Lions. Live from Motor City, the Detroit Lions. Oh, please, tell us what happened today, man. It looked like you guys were going to get it. What happened? Well, yeah, I, I hate to tell it. But it appears the team has been infected with a deadly case of the same old lions. Uh. <laughs> hey, man, listen, it's not like, you know, you guys have been the same team for 20 years. It's not like that's what the deal oh, is. Not, no, not at all. But yeah, so lions go into the fourth quarter uh, up 23 to 6. And then proceed to give up 21 straight in the fourth quarter to garbage Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears to lose the game. Trubiscuits, the savior. Trubiscuits. Amen. <laughs> and just in the most just agonizing way possible to do it, too. Because they gave us hope at the end, like they always do just so that they could come back and stab me in the heart. Lions get the ball back with a minute 50 or something to go, under two minutes, drive the length of the field, get the ball around the 10, 15-yard line with like 10 seconds left, no timeouts, just enough time they're able to get two plays off. That first play, they managed to uh, hit second-round rookie running back DeAndre Swift in the, the front corner of the end zone right by the pylon. He's wide open, hits him right in the hands, and he drops it. Uh, Last-second throw on the next play uh, goes incomplete, and the game's over. So, you know, just, again, it's the same old Lions. They, they blow a giant lead. They give you hope that they might pull it back. And then stab you in the back when it's convenient for them. Ouch, man. Ouch. It, 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 it I, I understand it hurts, but um, I, I actually ended up catching the ending of that game in bonus coverage, and it literally was that play of Swift dropping the ball. Perfect ball by um, 
hit him right in the hands. Yeah, perfect b- ball by Ma- uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, and it it was that was the walk off touchdown, and he dropped it. But he's a rookie, you know, you can't be too upset at him. But can't be expected to catch a wide open pass that hits you in the hands. Yeah, that's not, what is this the NFL? Yeah, man, listen, he wasn't warmed up, man. He only had three carries, eight yards. He just wasn't. He just wasn't warmed up, and he gave you guys a touchdown. Come on, he just he just wasn't warmed up yet, man. That's all it was. On to take a view of the more positive side of things, guys, Adrian Peterson looked like Adrian Peterson out there. 14 carries, 93 yards. Mans was moving. He looked really good, man. And I think that they, I think they came into that game trying to figure out what they were going to do with all their three running backs, carry on Johnson, DeAndre Swift, and then Adrian Peterson. And I always thought that that was just a, a, a signing to just get a veteran guy for the two younger guys but adrian peterson had the hot hand had ended up having leading the backfield with a total of 14 carries and he almost like what seven yards short of 100 yards yeah uh, he, he looked good he, looked he, really he good. was he was ripping off some some long runs there he looked good um also ford family De- owners of the detroit lions i know you're listening <laughs> they for sure are you need to fire Matt Patricia. This is a, a plea for common sense, for justice, for ju- <laughs> and just for goodwill to all Detroit Lions fans and to humankind in general. Um, he's a garbage coach. Um, that's, you know, that's insulting to garbage, really. Um, I just. Man, Juan, I'm sure you didn't see this. But in his press conference after the game, Matt Patricia was asked, you know, after giving up another uh, late quarter, fourth quarter um, lead and losing, you know, the media asked him, you know, is there just anything maybe with your coaching that isn't like, quite clicking with the team is there anything you think you might be able to change up in order to kind of get end these uh these chokes you know in the in the fourth quarter so you guys stop giving up these leads and matt patricia's response was to point out that no he doesn't think there's anything he can do about it because as you might remember Five years ago, when he coached the defense for the New England Patriots, he had perhaps the greatest fourth quarter play call of all time when he allowed the Seattle Seahawks to throw the ball at the one-yard line in the Super Bowl instead of giving it to Marshawn Lynch. And obviously, that was great coaching on Matt Patricia's part to make them the Seahawks do something stupid. And he's just hanging his hat on that at this point. Um, he's had one good play call in the fourth quarter in five years, and that's all he needs. Listen, man, I, I, I actually did not hear that, but yeah, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, I, but that totally sounds like a Matt Patricia thing to say for sure. 120%. And the relationships that he has, or the, the lack of relationships that he has managed to build and to have a team that's fully behind him um, kind of reminds me of Adam Gase, which we'll, we'll get into a little bit later today. Oh, God, so much. It, it rem- like all the shades of Adam Gase. And I would know, being a Dolphins fan, 
it seems like it's a lot of the same type of issues. His star players hate him. He runs them out of town. He loses constantly and in hilarious fashion, really. And any criticism he gets, he says, I'm not changing anything, which clearly nothing is working right now. So to say that he won't change anything and he actually thinks he's the best at what he's doing is just insulting to anybody's common sense who watches football. Yeah. I I will say that again, like the, not again, but I'm going to point this out. The Chicago bears are not a great team. Mitch Trubisky is not a great quarterback. He's good enough to beat out Nick Foles, but I mean, that's not saying a lot, but actually that's probably is saying a lot, man. Watching Carson Wentz blow that lead earlier today, but that's another story. Uh, the, the, the Bears just are not, are not a great team. Defensively, they're not the same Bears team that we've seen in the past. I don't I, I couldn't pinpoint what it was, but... Well, with, they weren't able to get any pass rush on Stafford. Exactly, and, and that's what they were known for, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, and then knowing that the Lions are missing Galladay as well, right? And, like, just not... And, and they also missing the right tackle. I'm not even going to try to say his name. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, they're missing him, and they were still not able to get any pressure. It it, it just goes to show, like, they're not going to have a great year again. And I, I was going to try to be nice before I heard what <laughs> Matt Patricia said during uh, the presser. But, I mean, I was like, yeah, you're missing three players. You're missing your, your, your first-round pick with um, – Well, you know, I will make more excuses for the Lions because that is what I do. But <laughs> – <laughs> so the Lions were missing, like you were about to say. They're missing their first-round pick, Jeff Okuda, uh, cornerback. And then during this game, they proceeded to get their top, their number one starting corner, Desmond Trufant, and their number two starting corner, Justin Coleman, both left the game with hamstring injuries. So they were down their top three corners in what is already a terrible uh, passing defense and just could not stop Mitch Trubisky, Biscuit boy. Um, it got ugly. <laughs> Trubiscuits. Hey, listen, I, I, need, to, I need to stop clowning Trubiscuits because he, he, he actually had a good game. He had a, he had a really good game. Uh, he did. And he did. In, 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 the, in the second half, when you guys, okay, maybe he didn't. Y'all just let him have a good game. We, he, when you... He was just throwing wide open passes. Listen, I mean, on on the, on paper, he looks good. He's twenty for 36, 20, 20 completions on thirty six attempts, two hundred and forty two passing yards, three passing touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, listen, as a Lions fan, the funniest thing in every game here. This happened every time last year too. Is that the Lions come in with a terrible pass defense against the Bears? Trubisky comes in with being a terrible quarterback, and then he looks like Joe Montana against the Lions, and the the national announcers say, oh, this Trubisky guy's really turning it around. I think this is going to be the year he really lives up to his draft status. And then he's terrible the rest of the season against teams that aren't the Lions. And it's like, guys, guys, come on. Yeah. Come on, guys. We know. We know what's going on here. And they just never pick it up. Yeah, man, it it just it just wasn't a good all around game for 
for your Lions. Uh, I, I, I like I like you're right. I think that I mean on paper, Trubisky had a great Trubisky's had a great game, but on like why after actually watching the game, like you you guys just weren't great at all, like defensively. All all, all his throws are wide open. Yeah, and the thing is. He still missed a lot of wide open throws badly. Yeah. Like he should have had um listen, we play Aaron Rodgers next week, the Lions do. And if they're without their top three corners um against Aaron Rodgers, he's not gonna be missing those wide open throws. No. Uh, he they're gonna not. put up they will put up fifty against the Lions. And rightfully so. The Lions deserve it. Mm. Fire your your boy. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta just I, revamp the I whole said, thing. I, I said on Twitter, you know, follow follow your boy on Twitter. I was cool just about Luke. to plug you, man. Cool hand Luke underscore underscore. But I I made the statement that the Lions needed to go full Lane Kiffin and fire Matt Patricia on the tarmac at the airport, with the understanding that this game was being played in Detroit. Um, you know, just they needed they needed to drive them drive them to DTW. Buy him a ticket and then fire him out there. Hey man, it's still funny. Even yo, listen, I was just about to say y'all should really follow Lucas on Twitter. It's a great follow. Uh, the tweets, I think, like what uh, an hour? No, 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 no. It was like four minutes into uh, the game. His first tweet, I think, throughout the day. I think, yeah, the first tweet of the day was um, getting my fire Matt Patricia tweets warmed up. <laughs> yeah, and let like, me tell you, I got those tweets off. You did, and the memes that followed were amazing. So get plug. I, I got to plug you, man. Lucas is a great follow. Go Appreciate check him it. out. Go check him out. It's hilarious, man. Yo, the lines are, are never gonna make. It. I remember, um, I think what when I was in college because we went to school in Michigan. Lots of Lions fans, or was it? Yeah, yeah, lots of Lions fans because we we watched that that Super Bowl together when Katy Perry came out with the Lions. And the jokes on Twitter were, this is the only time we will ever see the Lions at a Super Bowl. This is the closest we're ever going to get. And I still remember that because it still holds true. Yep. But yep. listen, I, maybe they can turn it around this year when they get a couple of those, get those guys back, some of those key guys back, and they, they can make a run at it. But that division, um, if you can't beat the Bears in that division. Listen, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough division. So, and it's early, and it's a weird season with COVID and all that. So, yeah, anything can happen. But man, it did not look good today. Uh, again, I'm speaking solely to the Ford family right now. Um, I know. Again, I know you're listening. <laughs> Go hire Joe Brady as the new as the next head coach of the Detroit Lions, offensive coordinator for the Panthers. Was the offensive coordinator for LSU uh, last season? Next wonder kid, go and do it. Get ahead of everybody else. You heard it here first. <laughs> Listen, man. We're all, we'll just have to pray for the Lions. Um, I mean, I, I won't pray for the Lions because I don't. I don't really care, but I do care. For, <laughs> I care. I care for your your uh, your health. So I'll, I'll pray for, for <laughs> pray, you, pray for, for my mental health, guys. Your mental health. Yes, absolutely. All right, man. Listen. Uh, like we said earlier when we started the show, we were towards the end of the the Bucks and the Saints game. The game is now final with uh, the Saints winning thirty four to twenty three. And just wanted to just talk about the overall game as a whole because I it, again this matchup was 
I think this was a good matchup for the the Bucks to to play against the Saints. The Saints have a great team. They're they're a Super Bowl favorite in a lot of people's eyes. But I've said this in the show before. I think the last episode that I don't believe that the Bucks are going to be as good as people are thinking they are. So you I think don't, Tom Brady's washed. Um, you know, it was hard to tell this game. He had a he had a couple of really nice throws. Really, yeah, really a great of really throws. Bad throws too. Yeah, he had a couple really bad throws where it was like sailing. I don't know if he was doing it on purpose, but it, it didn't look like it. Like it. But there was like I think one of the first plays. I think it was the the, the second series. He had a, a beautiful throw to uh, Godwin, uh, going across yeah. on, on a on a drag, and it was it was beautiful. It was, but I was like it, it was like a medium pass. It was like what twenty yards maybe, but. Yeah. Like we've talked about in the past, like he, we don't think that he can really air it out long for some of those guys. But there's a couple of times where he threw it up to Mike Evans, and Mike Evans drew, drew a couple pass interference pass uh, calls. I think that's going to be like what he's going to need to do moving forward. But like, I just don't feel like I think there's a lot of attention that goes towards Mike Evans and Godwin. Godwin had a great year last year. Now they have like they have Howard, they have Gronk now. I, I don't think that those pieces fit each other very well. And Tom Brady being added to that, I don't think it helps at all because that is a team that's going to stretch you out. Even when, exactly. even when Jameis was, was throwing 30 picks and 30 touchdowns, he w- he could really throw it right. He can my, my really, dude chucked it, chucked it. He, he had a, he has a great arm. Um, and now he's they, this game. He's on the sideline for the saints. And yeah, I, it, as you, as you watch the game, you can tell that it they just didn't have it all together. I think we saw Leonard Fournette didn't do didn't do anything at all. I thought he was going to be featured more, but Jones. I I think Ronald Jones is a a great back for them. He had a couple of great flashes. Uh, Leonard Fournette had five carries. Ronald Jones had seventeen. I think Leonard Fournette had five yards. So I think that the the pieces just don't fit that well. But I mean Brady had a couple of interceptions as well. I just the Saints looked great. They look great, and but like it just looks like Tom Brady is just not, not the Tom Brady that we're used to. I would say, yeah, yeah Tom, like you said, Tampa Bay is built to, and a downfield passing attack. Tom Brady, man, he's got a noodle arm at this point in his career. He does not have the ability to stretch the field vertically anymore. He's much more, you know, he's he's. You know, like he did with New England, he's utilizing his slot receivers like Julie, uh, Julian Edelman yep. in Tampa Bay. It's uh, Scotty Miller. You know, you look at the stats. Mike Evans, who is a purely down the field jump ball receiver, let's see what he did. One catch for two yards. Yeah, Tom Brady does not have the arm to take advantage of Mike Evans's ability. You know, Chris Godwin has the ability to, you know, work out of the slot and work through the middle of the field and, you know, the quick slants and everything that Tom Brady's able to throw and excels at right now. And that's why he had six catches for 79 yards. But like you said, I just don't know if he really fits what they are trying to do right now. I I, I agree. It just, it just didn't look right. And then, like, I think the first um, – I think the I think the Tampa Bay was the first score. Yeah, Tampa Bay was mm-hmm. the first score, um, and it was a a Tom Brady uh, two yard like yeah, quarterback QB sneak. sneak, and he was pumped up, fired up, doing the Tom Brady thing that he usually does, whatever. And, and at the end, 
you could see his his demeanor change. And I think I, I, as I was watching it, I feel like I feel like he understood like, yo, this ain't it. And I think that he went there to prove that he still got it and he could really like carry a team. But this is a team. It's a great team. You got some you got some stars. You got some pro bowlers. You got a great defense. Man, a great defense. Oh, yeah. Like, They're fast on defense. Devin White and Levante David man. Uh, going side to side. Studs. Studs, man. Like they they look great. Like, come on, man. They, they look great. You got Indomitian Sue on there, who's like one of the the bigger names on that line. You got uh, JPP. You got you got you got a squad, and then you got a couple of other guys on they that got line. Dogs in the secondary, yeah, too. yeah. Dogs in the secondary. So you got to ask yourself if this does not go well for Tom. And I think Tom was seeing that throughout the game. His demeanor changed. He wasn't getting the ball where it needed to be. He wasn't utilizing. Yeah, you could look great in practice. This, but this Saints team isn't bad. They got a their defense is great too. They got some dogs on that side. I was great seeing Janoris Jenkins get a pick six against Tom. Right, like Jack Rabbit. He's back, even though I saw him limping. And I think he might have an ankle injury, but you know he was. They were looking good. Also, I want to point out that Janoris Jenkins had like one, like he had nine tackles that this game. So uh, I just, just want to throw that out there that, as well. That's you know getting the ball on the perimeter. Yeah, but you know, like a lot of these guys, man. Oh man, like I'm telling you, they they got a great defense over there, man. They, um, Lattimore's falling around. Mike Evans, they got a little tools into a little scuffle. Like they, this, it, it, that's what you're gonna have to go through. And I think Tom understands that it's not gonna go that way. It's just not. So, I, as I watched the game, and like, and I know we we talked about this off air, and I, I want to bring this up too. Alvin Kamara had a had a game, but it was kind of weird because. He didn't really start, and was it really the feature back, which was odd to get all that yeah. money. <laughs> but he looked great uh, when he did get the ball. He had like I think he had two two total touchdowns. He had that. Um, oh yeah, Lucas, just to let you know, uh, that touchdown was reversed at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To let you know, and I guess it was a fourth down, so it was great. Uh, <laughs> so Alvin Kamara had one receiving touchdown and one uh, rushing touchdown, uh, but. Latavius Murray was featured quite a bit, but I think they're just going back to what they did with when Mark Ingram was there and they had that successful year, uh, just making sure that they could balance it out a little bit. But listen, man, Drew Brees didn't have a great game either, right? Like he was 18 for 30, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Wasn't the greatest game I've ever seen, but they, they're basically the same quarterbacks at this point. Yeah. So do you think Drew Brees is washed? Drew Brees is what? 41 42 yeah. is this a sign of him you know just this is what he's gonna be this is it might be his final year yeah or is this a this a sign of you know they didn't have preseason you know it's just a weird season with everything going on this being their first game is this just him kind of having to shake off the rust or is this what we're gonna get yeah drew didn't push it drew drew both drew and tom did not push it down the field they just didn't and as you watch them, and like I think Drew was like that last year. I think the, what kind of covered up a, a little bit as well was the fact that you know Alvin Kamara can get swing it out. Like they don't even run regular like screen plays with the running with with the running backs. They do these swing flares that end up being screens, and they have athletic linemen that can get out there and block on the perimeter. But they, they're not stretching the field. 
And mm-hmm. it, Michael Thomas helps with that. Bringing Emmanuel Sanders into it as well it helps with like the crossers and stuff like that. It's just Drew Brees has a team built around him that can help him do what he needs to do. Tom yeah. does not. So yeah. I think they and last year Drew was able to like not have that be such a big deal because he got hurt and we didn't see him for so long. And if he's coming back on a hurt finger after surgery, we'll take whatever we can get. And they were still were good enough to make it pretty deep into the playoffs. But I don't I think they're both washed, man. I think it's it, after this year, I don't think they got much left in the tank. And today, seeing Tom Brady come out there, and they're like, 43-year-old Tom, I'm like, he's going to play till he's 60? Is he like, is this what they're going to try to do? Nah, bro. You can't do that. They, they got a good – there's no way. There's no way unless they revamp the entire offense. Drew's good. He's going to be fine. Tom? Oh, Tom, no. it's it's a system fit, man. He's Bruce Arians has always, always run a vertical downfield passing attack. And that's not Brady's style. It's not what they're built for with their wide receivers. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch how this all plays out this season. Hey, Scotty Miller, if you're in a PPR league, know the, learn the name. Pick him up. Tom Brady's next tiny white slot wide receiver from a Mac school. Yep, Wes Walker, Julian Edelman, about to resurrect his... Uh, Danny uh, Amendola. yeah. Gosh, man, he's like he's a small guy, man. 5'9", 174. Scotty, it's man. The, it's the Danny, Scotty, Wes, Julian. Yeah, that's 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 his boys. Well, talking about these these uh, smaller receivers real quick and also talking about a, a better quarterback, a good quarterback, <laughs> Lamar Jackson looks great, man. Oh, my boy. Oh, he looks fantastic. Fantastic. He's midseason form. My goodness, man. Seeing him play today, I, I don't understand. Everybody that said Lamar Jackson, I got I was literally saying this to my wife earlier. I was like, yo, listen, everybody that said that Lamar Jackson was a running back or a receiver, they should all lose their jobs. Every single one of them. And I know I get it wrong on the show too. But man. What? Listen, I get it wrong. What? Actually, you're right. I don't get it wrong. I was trying to give. I was trying to cop him out. I was trying to give him a quick. Hey, man, you right, man. Like, look, you right. Oh, I ain't never right on this show. We we ten for ten. What you mean? Wallen is never. Wallen, the only time Wallen has been wrong in his life was like ten years ago about the movie Interstellar. Yes, that's a deep cut for you guys out there. Yo, there's a uh, there's written documentation about that that we will cover on uh, later on in life. Uh, <laughs> but I don't even think that that um, that really existed. I think that actually is part of Interstellar, to be honest. If you look at the <laughs> bonus clips, but everybody that got like like let me let me be a little bit uh, let me be a little bit more candid here. People really got it wrong that are paid to analyze these players and to make educated analysis based off of their 50 billion years of experience, anything football, back in the Lombardi days. They are paid a lot of money to get it right. Saying that this kid was supposed to be a receiver is preposterous. He literally gets better every year. His deep ball today was amazing. Pause. But it was really like he was really pushing the ball down the field on the money, on the money. 
He's just going to listen. Like he came in, he's just going to continue to improve as a passer. His running ability, as long as he's healthy, it's always going to be there and it's always going to be a threat. And as he continues to be a better passer, it's just going to become more of a threat. Listen, he's a Florida guy, man. He's going to be healthy. I, I see him take hits and he gets up like nothing happened. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to be fine. He put on he's that the, muscle. He's the, he's the greatest athlete to ever come out of Boynton Beach, Florida. Damn. Bro. Most well-liked uh, athlete out of Boynton Beach, Florida, likely, too. Hey, man, listen, I'm going to say this to you, man. He claimed Bar- he claimed Broward, even though he was. You're like, you right. He claimed Broward, but he did come, come to Boynton Beach, Crosstown Rivals, and... um. You know, I, I I did not come out of Boynton Beach, even though I was born there. I uh, came out of Santa Lucia, so I'll let you stay the statement saying that he is the best to ever come out. I'll let you make that statement. I only I only state facts. Hey, listen, listen, hey, listen. It, it, I just want to make sure you have your boundaries uh, correct, because if you would have kind of bled into Lantana, even though he did go to Santa Lucia for a little bit, but we ain't gonna talk about that. He looks real good, man. How did this guy fall to the last pick in the first round? Because people get paid, and this happens every day in real life, people get paid a lot of money to do dumb things. You can see it at the highest level of power everywhere. People get paid a lot of money because they have experience, but doesn't mean that they make the smartest moves. It's it's stupid. It's preposterous. There's no way he should have been picked that that late in the ever. Ever. I just, I just feel, if as you know, as if you're a scout, and you ask a casual college football fan, "Hey, who's the best player in college football?" At that time, any college football fan would be like, "Oh, it's Lamar Jackson." No question, without a doubt. And then how are you? Like, oh, a position he's played, quarterback, the most important position on the field, arguably. How does? nobody be like, uh, maybe we give him a shot until the 32nd pick. The Everybody saw, oh, no, that guy's really good, except the NFL. Makes no sense. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous hearing, like, the things that you hear. Like, when people talk uh, talk about, um, was it Taysom Hill? When they talk about Taysom Hill, oh, man, he could throw the ball. He's athletic. He's extremely fast. He's going to be a future of the Saints. Taysom Hill's like 32. Exactly. Taysom Hill is a few years older than Jameis Winston. But look, look, but look, I'm, I'm getting to the point here. Listen, but when you have a quarterback, right, that can run, who's athletic, even when Cam came out, Cam could run, but he wasn't, like, known for, like, just being, like, the running guy. He could, he, he had an arm. He could really throw it. He, he showed that. Lamar showed all that stuff as well. But because of who he is, how he speaks, I think that clouded a lot of these scouts and these front offices' decision making. There's a it happens way too much, where these, they they take these guys and they just don't they just don't draft them for whatever reason, whether it's because of how they speak, where they come from, because they have some speed, whatever it is, it's stupid. I, I agreed. I will also say Lamar did himself no favors by hiring his mom as his agent. And then refusing to uh, work out at the combine or anything. Um, Listen, you know, the the tape. It it was uh, obviously the the tape does speak for itself. But had he done anything at the combine, had he even just run a forty, which we all know 
he would have ran in the four threes. Um, you think goes, it would have been different? I think he goes top 10. I think that gets the hype up and that gets everybody talking about him. I think a team, even though that just confirms what we already know, and the reason behind him not running it is because he didn't want a team to think he was not a quarterback. Yeah. And I understand that. I think it was the wrong decision, though. Um, yeah, I think the teams are more willing to give him a chance if he goes through those workouts. And, you know, listen, like you said, that's kind of stupid anyways by the NFL because we've already got this all this tape and this whole body of evidence on what he did in college. Why does he need to then go do a workout? But it is what it is. He's now with the Ravens. He's with a coach who's willing to tailor their offense around them. And he's out here putting up 38 points on the Browns and looking like he's going to repeat as MVP. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I think that I think everything you said was fair. Uh, but like you said, it's on, it's on the league for missing out. And, and I think he landed at a very, very good place. I think if he went, he would have went anywhere else. Like I was even thinking about, it, I was like, man, the Dolphins could have took him. And I was like, well, and because he would have been a hometown guy, but I was like, yeah. well, it probably wouldn't have fit as well as going to a hardball system and being yeah. within that culture. I don't think it would have worked that well for, for him. If he would have came, went anywhere else, especially in the top 10 during that year. I don't, I don't see it. And like, look at like Cleveland, you, like the bills. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been the same. I think he landed exactly where he needed to be. And that's he, great. He for landed him. with a team with a great veteran culture, a great, a great, um, and creative coach. Yeah. And just a, a great opportunity for him. Great situation. Yeah. Listen, I, I mean, when you, when you come out as, as a franchise quarterback and you're, you're, you know, look at your 20 for 25, 275 yards, three touchdowns, and you're also the leading rusher <laughs> with seven carries. I mean, how do you, how do you, like he, he's, he made, he made the game easier for people like Kyler Murray. He did. Oh like, yeah, definitely. Because like, like Kyler Murray is the same player. I mean, obviously not as talented as Lamar, but he was taken first overall after people saw, hey, look, this Lamar kid, he's looking good. And Lamar, like the, the things that he's doing is unprecedented. It's unheard of. It's, yeah, it's year three. I mean, look at what Lamar did and the questions he had to face coming in as a quarterback, and seeing what Lamar did, seeing what Patrick Mahomes has done. Yep. And yep. then you know Kyler coming in. And Kyler Murray is like a, is five foot ten. He looks um, it. Comes from you know the 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 pass hat the offense in the Big Twelve, and for a while you know nobody wanted to draft a quarterback out of Oklahoma or Texas Tech because those guys had amazing stats, but it never translated. But then now coaches realize no, uh, we just you know we change our offenses. These qu- quarterbacks can thrive in the NFL. Just the coaches need to be able to adapt and you know the ones that are able to Andy Reid John Harbaugh Cliff Kingsbury these guys their quarterbacks are so successful it's amazing it's amazing to watch and I'm glad that we're, we're it's the the narrative is shifting and we're able to see this transition because the, the league's gonna look a lot different in 10 years and I'm, I'm looking for it I'm all here for it um, and then also we're speaking about you know Scotty Miller for uh, the Bucks and Tom Brady, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Who? Oh, so yeah. Speaking of short wide receivers, yo, 
He went. He went. He looked great. He like I think he had, he had 101 yards, five receptions. He looked, he looked healthy again. He looked healthy, but he also put on some weight. I think he went from like 100 and what 60 pounds or something like that to. He one, was like he was like 150, 140. I yeah, thought. Yeah, I was like 150, and he's like 180 now. He's like 180 plus. He looked. He looked, and he didn't loop. Doesn't look like he lost a step. He looks really good. He looks healthy. I'm glad they put some weight on him. I'm glad they. I'm sure they probably. You know. I mean, you're in the league. You got the best of the best as far as like athletic trainers, doctors, uh, strength coaches. Uh, I'm sure they probably did some stuff on the foot to help his foot stability and make sure because he had a screw in his foot. I hope they like I'm sure they did all that stuff as they were getting them right, because people don't realize these training resumes that these guys have. These are pros and these organizations put a ton of money into them. They get the best of the best. And I'm sure as they're doing the strength to get him to that size to put on 30 pounds, 20 pounds of muscle. I'm sure they're doing things to strengthen his, his foot as well to help him out, but he looked really good. And I'm, I'm excited to see him continue to progress. Do you have him in fantasy? I do. Damn. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, and now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yo, he's, he's going to, he's going to tear it up this year. Um, Andrews looked good. Mark Andrews looked good as well this year. I think today he had two touchdowns, but I also want to talk, you talk about Oklahoma quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, man. Ooh, ouch. Ouch. Man, I don't I don't know what's going on there. I mean, again, it's I mean, we you, it's the Browns, but you know, giving trying to give the benefit of the doubt and saying like you would with the Lions, oh, it's the same old Lions, it's the same old Browns. It's a rookie head coach and their their first uh first game uh new offensive staff. So, and obviously playing a tough team in Baltimore, but, ah, man, I don't know. It did. He didn't look good. Struggled. He he just did not look good out there. Not even like one bit. And I I mean, I've said this, I've been beating the drum for a long time on this. Like, I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to translate to what they think that he's going to be. Lamar Jackson is going to be the best thing, the best quarterback off that board, period. But Baker just... It just ain't right. He just doesn't look all the way there. But he shows these flashes. Like, I mean, obviously, I think the line isn't helping him, right? And he's he's getting flushed out, and he's making these great throws on the run. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, I know that you want him to be this prototypical guy. I think y'all need to roll him out a little bit more, kind of like what they do with Josh Allen. I think they need to do that. Like he, I think he's a yeah. great thrower when he's outside of the pocket. And he, he throws dimes. And then he, he has the ability to to be able to maneuver a little bit. He's not going to burn anybody like when running the ball past the line of scrimmage, but he's mobile enough to be able to get something. Give him an option. Give him the ability to do that. And you have you have two great receivers as well. Even um, yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, Njuku. He looked good. In, in, yeah, he's got he's got weapons. I really just think he's like what on his I think his third head coach in three years. Yeah, and I think I think that whole process has really just stunted his development. Um, they should they should have kept my man's out there, man. I don't know, I'm, I'm Hugh Jackson. They should have kept Hugh Jackson. I like Hugh Jackson, but I mean, my man, Hugh is like <laughs> Hugh Jackson. I think was like one in thirty two as a coach with a terrible Browns. team. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Man, they're they're about to turn it around. Go zero and sixteen and one in fifty in the next year. 
Oh, man, you got to go. <laughs> Listen, man, I just hated the fact that they had Hugh come out there, take all those L's, and then soon as as soon as he had a great, like a, a pretty decent team, you gave him the boot after like two, three games after he was trying to shelter this kid to, to make sure he was developing, right? And it looks like he needed it. So, and that's another issue. I'm trying not to get into that stuff, but like it, it you can't just be given, like even the, the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs, you tell him he can't get a job? You kidding me? Yeah. So, so like those a- are those are the things that really get me riled up. But like it, it don't make no sense. I think he would have. I think he was a great coach. I think he would have been able to take this team where it needed to be. I think he has great leadership. I think that they would have been able to do it. But now you got this carousel, and you're not really doing what you need to do. Like kitchens lasted like literally a year. Come on, man. Come on. It, it, it's it's stupid. But again, we it's, it's a return. It's a recurring issue with the NFL. A lot of stupidity. Yeah, a lot of, not a lot of people willing to be innovative with their thinking or try new things. It's a lot of retreading of old ideas. And that's why the people who are willing to think outside the box, try new things, are the ones that are successful. Trash, 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 trash. (laughs) I'm getting my trash button in the next episode. I promise you, it's coming. Um yeah, man. Man, I, I, don't, I don't. Let's transition off, man. Why don't you kick us off with the next topic here, man? All right, man. So sticking with the NFL, uh, we had a matchup of two birds. Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> this game was anything, if not for the birds, though. Uh, Seahawks and Falcons. You know, I think I don't know what Pete Carroll was doing, kind of lulling everybody to sleep. For the last 10 years or however long he's been in Seattle, everybody thinking, oh, another another Seattle Seahawks year where they waste the prime of Russell Wilson and run uh, some running back who was drafted in the fifth round uh, 32 times into the line of scrimmage. Pete Carroll said, not this year. Russell Wilson fully unleashed, 31 of 35, 322 yards, four touchdowns. Seattle Seahawks, 38 over the Atlanta Falcons, 25. Man. Man. Russell had a game. Woo. It's, we always knew Russell Wilson could do this. He, whenever he had the opportunity. I mean, everybody knows Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. The thing is, Seattle was adamant that they were going to be a power rushing football team despite having this great quarterback yeah well you know what this year they don't really have any running backs and i think that's forcing their hand to finally let russell wilson cook again again russell did what he did with the 322 yards 35 for 30 i mean 31 for 35 which is insane Four touchdowns, and st- also the leading rusher on the team. <laughs> <laughs> With only yeah, Seattle he leads leading rusher three carries for twenty nine yards. Seattle as a team twenty carries for eighty four yards. That is so un Seattle Seahawks like. That yeah. is not what they've done for however long uh, Pete Carroll has been there. Yeah, and it was so much fun. This is this is the NFL I want to watch. Yeah. 38-25. The Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan threw 54 times. 
like who? Poor, poor Matt Julio, Ryan, man. <laughs> his arm's about to fall off tomorrow. <laughs> Julio Jones, nine catches, 157 yards. Calvin Ridley, nine catches, 130 yards. Russell Gage, I don't even know who that is. Nine catches, 114 yards. This game, I am so upset I didn't get a chance to watch it because I was busy being stabbed repeatedly in the heart by the Lions. Boo. I could have been watching this game and having fun. <laughs> Yo, this, it was a fun game, man. It was re- legitimately a fun game. Like, it, do you remember that game last year? Uh, I think with the, the Chiefs and the Rams. Yes. Where it was like uh, Both teams put up 50. They're just throwing the ball yes. all over. And there's, you know, then they weren't throwing. It was they're breaking off long runs. That is the NFL. I want to see that is the future of the NFL. And that is what I love. I don't want to see thirteen ten. No, I don't. Want, I don't want to see sixteen thirteen. You don't. You don't want to see the the Titans versus the the uh, the Steelers. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, unless <laughs> Derrick Henry is putting up seven touchdowns. That's the only time. So you can win your fantasy games. Exactly. That's the only <laughs> thing I care about. Listen, listen. Like it, it looks like the the Seahawks and the Chiefs kind of reversed. Uh, rolls a little bit and they they and like not to say that the chiefs like pounded it too much but they were very balanced which is unusual yeah um, kicking it back to the thursday night game with the chiefs yeah they were they were hey we're gonna we're gonna run the ball and we're gonna establish the run and i wondered um you know i kind of i kind of wonder again with you know the no preseason a lot of these teams that normally have these great quarterbacks like patrick mahomes not throwing the ball down the field. And I wonder if that's kind of a thing without the preseason. Yeah. That timing with the downfield game isn't there right now. So it's kind of, hey, we're going to establish the run and kind of work the short game right now. Um, give us some time against some, a few weeks against live opponents. Mm-hmm. And before we get that, uh, those shots downfield really clicking. Yeah, I, I yeah, I completely agree. I think that that may have something to do with it. I do hope that they keep the preseason games out of there because um, I think for the first time in a long time, a lot of the players were actually playing, right? There wasn't a lot of guys that were inactive, to like except for the Lions, it seems like. Um, there wasn't <laughs> a lot of like the star players that were inactive this, this year uh, just because I feel like and usually they do a good job of protecting the the uh, protecting the players as they get yeah. into the preseason. They scale them off a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I like it. I like that we're seeing it like, let's go. Like, we don't need to see what the rookie does. I, I'm like, like, throw them in there. Like, throw Joe Barrow in there. Like, throw them all in there. Let's see how they look. Um, even uh, Clyde uh, Edwards Hilaire. I, I don't know. Clyde Hilaire. I just like saying Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Hilaire. A, a white guy says it. Yeah. Uh, Hilaire. I, I, I don't know if he's French or. You know, I think like the, uh, the thing was that is like it's it's honors like the, the last name honors his stepdad and his biological father or something like that. I have yeah. no idea either. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know he's you know played at LSU, so I don't know if that's it's French Creole or whatever. I, I've never actually heard it pronounced. <laughs> if he was Haitian, I would know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but seriously, man, like it, it it's been it was interesting to watch the Seahawks and the Falcons just sling it around. For, for for 60 minutes it was it was amazing I, it, I and we all like you said we all know russell wilson was was capable of this and it seems like this is what he's gonna have to do but also like i, I would also say it seems like both teams had the same defensive game plan to just load the box and say throw it yeah that's what it that's what it, it's felt like i mean and people some people forget todd Gurley is in, in, in that game and 
they, they tried to get Todd Gurley going with 14 carries. It just didn't really happen for him, which, again, I, I, I don't know what's going on with Todd. Um, but it was really fun to watch these guys go back and forth uh, and seeing Russell Wilson do what he did. It, gosh, he's so underrated. And I, yeah, under, like, I, I don't know how people can just go about Russell Wilson like he's not top three top like i think he might be in the conversation for top three but you know if they if they allow him to fully unleash this season you know there's we're finally gonna be he's gonna get the respect he deserves the numbers he's gonna put up this year yeah man it's crazy because i don't think he's i I don't i think he was the rookie of the year but he's never he's never won the mvp yeah he's never won the mvp but I don't know, man. I think if I I don't know if they'll give it to Lamar twice, uh, kind of like what they're doing with the NBA, giving it to Giannis twice, give it to, to Steph twice. I don't know if they'll give it to Lamar twice, but if Russell has the game that he, like the year that it looks like he's on the road to, he might be in contention. I mean, you know how the NFL, man, they like they like their traditions. They like their QBs. Yeah, That's, the M- MVP is basically just a quarterback trophy. Basically, at this point, poor Christian McCaffrey. Actually, Lamar deserved it last year, <laughs> so I ain't. That's yeah. the one time I won't say anything. Um, but yeah, man, listen, let's let's move out real, real, real quick over to you know, kind of. We're not going to talk about the Lions, but we're going to talk about your division. Yeah, okay. back to the NFC North. Yeah, the Packers and the Vikings, man. Listen, that man, that man up north in Wisconsin, man, in in in, in Green Bay. It's a sight He's to see. Angry. Man. He's oh he's big mad, he's big mad man. He looked really good man. He looked really good, and I know there's been a lot of talk about it. They don't got the receivers. They took a quarterback. Listen, their team looked okay to me. They looked okay against the Minnesota Vikings, but that has a great defense. People yeah. Don't forget, them boys can play now, and Aaron Rodgers, like they like to say, is a bad man. He was he had that 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 catch uh in the end zone with uh Devontae Adams. Beautiful. Beautiful. They look like they're clicking in all like all cylinders and he's 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 ready to I think he's I I think he wants to prove that he can win a Super Bowl. Like another to, another one, yeah. Like another one today. And it was a that was a high scoring game too, 43 to 34. I think both teams looked relatively good. They looked I think both teams looked good. Um yeah. but man, like Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 44 times, four touchdowns, 364 yards. He looked good. Yeah, it's just, it's so funny, you know, with Rodgers, you know, all he wants is another wide receiver out there to help him, another, somebody else to throw to. And the Packers front office just keeps telling him, nah. And so he says, okay, I'm just going to throw to Devontae Adams 20 times a game. Basically. And so, you know, that's good for Devontae Adams uh, fantasy owners out there. And it's working right now, so it'll be interesting to see once he goes up against the team with a, a shutdown corner yep. uh, how that operates because Devontae Adams, 14 catches on 17 targets or 156 yards and two touchdowns. Second leading receiver was uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, four catches, 96 yards. Blowing the top off. On, on six targets. Blowing the top off. Listen, I, I, I honestly don't think honestly don't think they need it. I know people, I know, I know Aaron wants it. I know he wants another weapon. He wants another receiver. He's worried about that. He wants that a lot, but they don't need it, man. They don't. I think that 
Marquez and Lazard and and even like Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, they're I think they're good enough. I think they're good enough. Like you don't just have four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. You don't just have four catches for 63 yards and a touchdown, which is what the two other receivers did. You don't just do that and not be pretty decent at what you do. I think that they they haven't. I think they're probably trying to manage their cap a little bit. But listen, I think that they're good. I think they have a solid. I think they got a good shot. Their defense looked good. Uh, well, I mean, they didn't look great, but they look good enough against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, yeah. Thielen just still went off too. But gosh, man, it, it's going to be fun. To, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch that division, not the Lions, not included, because they're just going to beat up on everybody there. But. Um, yeah, I think Minnesota will probably be able to come back and have a couple of good games, but I think the Packers are going to, I think the Packers are going to come out of there, man. They're probably out of the NFC, to be honest. I think so, but I know that's not a popular opinion. Actually, it is. If you're, if you're, if you work for CBS sports, <laughs> it is. And we, and we're forgetting that they have AJ Dillon on that squad too. Like, yeah, but he's not playing yet. I don't, I mean, I like AJ Dillon as a prospect. But Aaron Jones was great last year. I yeah. didn't understand that draft pick. Listen, I, I I don't understand it either, but I think that they understand it enough that they're still fine, man. I think they're just trying to get little different things to kind of – they might go ahead and just start splitting Aaron Jones out, <laughs> like at receiver. I don't know, man. They, they might go and have fun with it, but it looked good today, man. They looked really good. Um, the Lions and the, the Bears aren't coming out. So just, just to let you know, just in case you didn't know. Hey, man, just when you start doubting the Lions, that's when, oh, they, come reel on, you back. Man. That's when they reel you back in. Trust me, I've tried to quit them. That They'll start winning games, and you, they'll give you hope. And so you start doubting them. Not in the division. Not in the division, I'll tell you that. But, hey, man, I, I will say a lot of the national, the national uh, folks started picking the Lions as like their their sleeper and to win the conference and everything and the reaction from the majority of lions fans was please don't yeah D- don't it's it's hawkeye in uh an end game don't give me hope don't do it don't do it yeah please man. don't we will we'll, um we'll not talk we'll, we'll we'll refrain from talking about the lines the rest of this uh episode okay deal thank you okay well, since uh, we're not talking about someone's team, we're going to talk about my team, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, how they been? Hey, man, don't worry about us, man. We've been just fine. You know, it's all part of the process. The process. Oh, uh, tell me more. Yeah, man, we had a good. We had a pretty good. I think that we had a pretty good outing against the the Patriots today. Uh, some people may not agree with that, with the eleven to twenty one loss to the Patriots, Ooh. but. I did not come into that game expecting to win. We'll probably get our our Patriots win later on in the year, so I'm okay with that. Uh, but I think we had a good outing. I think that the guys did what they needed to do. I wanted to see what they look like, when especially on the defensive end, because I know that we have a pretty solid line, defensive line, uh, and we have like some. We have a pretty good secondary. I just wanted to see what it looked like, and you know, Bill Belichick knows how to get it figured out. He he's gonna do what he does. Um, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, gosh, he, 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 worked his fits. No magic today. Uh, 20 for 30, 191 yards, 
zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's the only quarterback on the roster for the Dolphins, so I don't really have anybody else they could switch out for uh, for him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Isn't that right? Yeah, you're right, man. They shouldn't they shouldn't go looking into the bench. They you know cut uh, jo- uh, Josh Rosen and he's with the uh, the Bucks now. So you know we're we're down to uh, I think a two quarterback roster now. So oh, know, there is a second quarterback. There there is, but you know I, I think they're just trying to make sure they develop him and. Uh, not move things along too quickly. Uh, but a lot of people have been uh, giving me giving me a lot of, uh, what would you say, flack for <laughs> and asking me as a Dolphins fan, what's the over and under that they would play this backup quarterback this year? You know, week week five, week four, week seven? What is it? What do you think it is, Wallen? And I when was, is when is Tua time? Whoa, whoa, you said his name. You said his name. You said his name. I you said, said his name. I broke, I, I broke the seal. Broke the doggone seal, man. Yes, Tua is with the Dolphins. He he looked great on the sidelines, though. He had his little, you know, his little eye paint with the crosses. He looked great. He's having a good time. He's still number one. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Number one in our hearts. Number one in our hearts and your programs. (laughs) So he, um, listen, man, I, I like what Brian Flores is doing down there. I like what, uh, the team we're building. I don't think that we should try to. I don't think that we should rush Tua into a starting position, especially with the, the offense that we have right now. We're getting there offensively, but I think that there's still some work that we have to do. Devontae Parker looked, I, I think he looked good with the few catches that he had. He had four, four catches for 47 yards. I think he looked all right. And again, you're playing a, a Patriots defense and a Patriots defense is a, was like the, the number one defense last year. Um, had the, they, they had the number one, I mean, not the number one. They had the the defensive player of the year in Gilmore. Uh, they they look good. I mean, they that's their defense. People get confused, and they're like Tom Brady. Their defense is going to carry them this year. Um, but our, our guys look pretty good, and I think we're going to get there. But especially with no preseason, no real live action, I don't think we should be throwing Tua in there at all. I think he's a confident kid. I think that he can throw the ball. He throws a very very pretty ball. He, he looks great. His injury doesn't look like it's bothering him, but I don't think that we should go ahead and try to rush him into it at all this season. I'm okay with going, I'm okay going three, three and like 12. I like, I seriously like three and 14. Like I don't, or three and 13. Gosh, my math is crazy today. Um, I'm okay with that. I, I don't, I don't want to force Tua in there when he doesn't need to be. That's just my take. Throw him in. Of course you would say that. As a, you know what I said? I was going to talk about your team. Of course you would say that, man. Throw them in. Don't throw them in there. It's time. No, it's not time. This ain't. This ain't. This ain't the Carson Palmer era Bengals where you draft a QB number one and have him sit on the bench for a year. The you draft a QB number one now. He's expected to play. Time out. 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 How did that turn out for Patrick Mahomes? Just because they made a mistake and not playing Patrick Mahomes as a rookie made a doesn't mistake. mean it was part of the reason that he's good now. Hey, Patrick Mahomes will, will tell you to they this day. A, they, took a, they played a year with, of Alex Smith at QB when they could yeah. have had Patrick Mahomes. You can ask Patrick Mahomes today. The impact, the profound impact that Alex Smith had on his career. Oh, and he's going to be nice. It's not like he's going to say, 
yeah, you know, I got stuck behind this bum and I would have been great, but except, except the coaches didn't know what they were doing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't he's know what they were doing at all. He can't say that. So he's going to be like, oh, you know, sitting behind a veteran is great for my development. And yeah. they would have put Patrick Mahomes out there, let him through 50 times a game. No, can't, can't even tell you. We would have been talking multiple Super Bowls already, multiple MVP trophies. Yeah, man. Well, I, I, I think that we we're going about it the right way. I think it's great that two is learning. No, no, I, I, I agree. You know, if you can, if uh, all honesty, if you can give the Dolphins, they're not, they're not designed to win anything right now. So no, let let Tua develop as long as he can. Yep. Build the te- build the team around them. Yeah. Also, I mean, why why bother trying to win games with Tua at this point when you can really just tank and get another draft pick at this and continue to build the team? Exactly. And it's gonna be we're gonna have to, there's gonna be some great guys coming out this year. I'm telling you, there's gonna be some great guys, some offensive weapons that we can use that are gonna be surefire picks. Uh, and we're still shoring up that offensive line. I don't want to put Tua behind our offensive line. We got a lot. We got a couple of young guys on there. We got a couple of two-year guys on there. We got a couple of rookies on there. Let them get it right. Let them get it right. Let them get in the trenches. Let them work. Shoot, there's a, there's a play with uh, Jackson just didn't even come off the the snap. Like they, they snapped the ball and Jackson just did not move. So like let them. You'll, you'll love to see it. Yeah, let them get right. I mean, Fitzpatrick loves playing football. He he likes having fun. He's gonna throw it around. He doesn't care. He has the same trigger finger that he still had with the Bucks when he had those back and forth with Jameis Winston. They come from the same, <laughs> the same program, right? The same uh, organization where they're just like, just pull the trigger, have fun. He's gonna do that, and that's gonna be okay. We're getting our defense right. I think Brian Flores is doing great down there. I think we're gonna be all right. But I'm expecting a. I, I think we might be over. Uh, yeah, I think we might be over 500, maybe just below 500 this year, but. Next year, that's when we're going to turn it on, for sure. For sure. So, now that football's back, the question is, who do you have as your Super Bowl favorites? Because it's, it's still early. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to be stupid or say nothing crazy like some of these other shows do. You know who you are and try to pick a Super Bowl champion week one or before the season even starts. What we will do here on this show, we will definitely pick favorites. Plural, couple of them. We gonna pick favorites that we like, especially off of getting a couple games in the tank here, or getting a couple games rolling. Lucas, I, I saw I saw three football games today, and I feel <laughs> confident. I have watched enough football at this point to correctly predict the Super Bowl. So exactly, exactly, which is why I've been so I gracious need. to give you favorites. <laughs> so do do your bidding. Give me your give me your top three, two, four, five, six teams. You can't do more than five, though. <laughs> oh, okay, let, 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 let's let's set a limit. Two favorites. Let, let's are... let's set the limit to four. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> let's see. I got. I have to say, um, you know, the Chiefs look good. Look like they ha- could easily repeat this year. Yep. Um, Baltimore Ravens came out firing. Lamar Jackson looks like he's in uh, midseason form again. He could. Reigning MVP could definitely lead them to the promised land. Uh, he finally got a taste of the playoffs last year, and I think he's ready to take them even farther. Uh, the The Saints, they're built to win now. Uh, this might be the last year. Uh, Drew Brees uh, at QB for them. 
and he's got a great supporting roster around him. They've got a, I, I, you know, I don't know, underrated, but not enough people talk about the Saints defense and what they can do. Got weapons everywhere on that offense. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I, I always like the 49ers. Uh, I kind of feel like they uh. might be destined for a drop-off this year, though. They kind of came out of nowhere last year. Um, they've put a lot of a lot of resources into that defense. Um, we've got some. I like what they're doing on offense. I don't know if I trust Garoppolo. And again, they're they're on everybody's radar uh, this season, and they're gonna have to take the best the best uh, punch from every team. There's no more sneaking up on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they drop off, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they're able to uh, continue the success they had of last season. So I'll say that's my four. Okay, wow. Taking the 49ers after a disappointing loss to the Cardinals today. Okay. Like, I, like I, I think the Cardinals are a well-improved team, and like I said, don't be surprised if uh, you know you see something like 8-8 eight and eight for the 49ers this year just because it's they really um, kind of – came out of nowhere last year a lot of people they knew that they were going to be much improved but again this was a team that was very very bad the previous seasons yeah we didn't touch on this but yeah the the, the cardinals are going to be really great and the texans definitely do miss deandre hopkins after he goes 14 catches and 151 yards today <laughs> and kyler oh, Murray yeah. rushes for 91 yards and a touchdown <laughs> so yeah you're right you're right you're right but okay I like your. So picks. why don't you give me your four or three or two or one or uh, I'm gonna give you, however I'm gonna many give you, you like. I'm gonna give you thirty. Um, so <laughs> sounds about right. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm. I think we're a lot similar. I, I have the Chiefs as well. Uh, they are the. I mean, they're the the defending champs. They look. They they don't look like they did last year. They look better. They look balanced, and that's scary. Their defense was never really known for being great. I know they played the Texans. Texans have a lot of holes in their offense right now. So hoping to see them play a quality opponent uh, and see how that defense looks against a quality opponent. But their, their defensive line is still top notch. Uh, so those are some, kind of some of the things that I'm thinking about moving forward. And they're going to play the Chargers next, like next week, which is not a quality opponent again. I don't think we'll know until probably week three when they uh, end up playing someone uh, like – that are, isn't trash. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to be nice. You just, sometimes you just gotta say it. You just gotta say it, man. You just gotta say it. And that, I think week week three, they they Monday night football against the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's gonna be a good test to see what they look like for both teams. Um, speaking about the Ravens, I, the Ravens are my second team. I think if we can, I think like you said, Lamar looks really great. If he can put up the, put up the same numbers and the same type of play in the playoffs and get his first playoff win, I think he'll carry that momentum to probably winning the whole thing. So those are my top two right there um, in the AFC. <sighs> NFC. I'm going to have to go with the Saints as well. Great defense, underrated defense. Uh, Secondary is looking really good. Uh, they, they signed uh, Kamara. They got the weapons. They got they got everything they need to make that push. They make it pretty far into the playoffs every year, and I think this year might be the year where they finally get over, but that's not – I mean, it's not like I'm saying anything that's new. Uh, so the Saints are definitely up there in the NFC, and then this is where you and I go a little bit separate ways or we go pretty drastically in different direction. I'm going with the Packers. 
I think the Packers have everything they have, and I kind of mentioned it everywhere earlier. I think they have everything they need to make it out of the the NFC. They, you know, as far as the NFC looks, it's just not extremely competitive in my eyes. Uh, but I think Aaron Rodgers is out to prove something. I think they're looking good with uh, Matt Lafleur. I think they 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 have everything clicking. They have all the receivers they need. I don't think they need anything else. I think they have a system that's going to fit. Aaron Rodgers and that offense and their defense is doing enough. I think their defense will do enough to get them to the big dance. So those are those are my top four, and there's no way anybody else is going to sneak into the Super Bowl other than those two, those four teams. I'm calling oh, it okay. now. I'm calling it now. There's nobody else that's going to make well. it in. <laughs> surprise, surprise! I actually have a fifth team. I believe can make it. Oh wow. Oh, (laughs) please share. I've ripped the mask off of the the San Francisco 49ers to expose (laughs) that they are secretly the Detroit Lions going to the Super Bowl this year. You heard it here first, folks. You're sick. You're sick. (laughs) You're sick in the mind, man. I am, but I don't care, Wallen. (laughs) <laughs> pandemic it's a weird year we always said the lions will make the super bowl when hell freezes over and guess what folks it's here almost. it's under 32 degrees there <laughs> yo listen man the lions are gonna be the we're death gonna, of you man we're gonna they're gonna rip off a 15 game win streak to end this regular season and everybody's going to be talking about Adrian Peterson. How did he do it? He's he's 34 years old. I don't know if that's true. Sorry if you're listening, AP. Um, 2,000 <laughs> yards rushing? Wow. Is he the greatest running back of all time? Can't believe it. Can't f- f- So happy that they fired Matt Patricia at week, in week five. That's what really turned this team around. Yo, I just want to say that you actually – did Adrian Peterson a favor with his age? He's actually thirty-five. So, shouts out to you. I'm, I'm sure he would huh, like. You're, what you you're said. welcome. You're welcome, Mickey. Yo, I got you. I got your back. You're a sick human being. I thought we weren't going to talk about your team, but since you want to bring him up, them lions, trash, trash, trash. They're going to get a trash button when it comes. When the trash button comes, they're getting a trash button, and we're going to put a segment just to talk about how trash they are. Hey, I, if you give me a weekly lion section, I, I'll be happy with that. I got. I got to talk. I got. I've got thoughts, man. I gotta, I gotta tell somebody then. Listen, man. Listen, you, and you, you listeners are all captive. Listen, I think there's a great, there's a high possibility that the the Detroit Lions could, could go back in time to 2008, and you know what happened in 2008. Oh, that's not happening. Oh, okay. Listen, no. I, I, okay. Can you agree if 2008 Detroit Lions come out one more time? Will you come on the show and do a whole segment on why the Lions are so trash and how oh. they will never be great again? Wallen, Wallen, Wallen. The Lions could go 15 and 1 this regular season, and I would do that segment. Oh, okay. Listen, it doesn't right. matter. I've got, I know why. I, I, was, I was born into this fandom. Oh. Listen, if anybody has any type of uh, challenge that they would like to, to see Lucas do if the if the Lions go zero and sixteen, please go to Anchor. FM, find Savvy Dialogue. I mean, whoa, that's my other show. <laughs> find uh, off the ball, <laughs> find off the ball, and you y- y'all tell us, y'all tell us what y'all think 
Lucas's punishment should be if the Lions go 0-16. Listen, it's not going to happen unless Stafford gets hurt and knocked out for the season again. Um, I don't even know what their schedule is, but they'll find a way. It's Matt Patricia and that organization. Oh, gosh. Now you now you got me hoping for this to happen. All right. We, we, we heard it here, folks. He is willing to come on the show and at least do one segment. No, do a whole show about why the Lions are so trash. But if y'all have anything, I'm sure he'll probably be up to it. So. It'll be a it'll be a three hour show. Oh, gosh. and I won't and I won't repeat a single thing. Oh wow, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. All right, folks. As am I. All right, folks. Thanks, like always, for listening. All our friends in Israel, and uh, <laughs> all our friends in <laughs> all our friends in France and Germany that are listening to us. We appreciate y'all. Much love to y'all, um, and all our U.S. folks that are listening. Man, it was, there's Tons of y'all listening. We appreciate y'all. Uh, the show's going to just keep getting better and better. Football's back. It's going to be a fun ride. Shout out to Plano, Texas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>